Dr. David White here for CRIM 260, Juvenile Delinquency Prevention and Control, and in this episode, summarizing chapter nine from our text, talking about uh, schools and delinquency. <clears throat> the kindergarten through high school experience is so essential to a child's proper development. The school plays a significant role, according to our text here, in shaping the values of children. And uh, studies show that teenagers overall spend about 25% of their time in school. Today, more than 90% of school-aged children attend school compared to only 7% in 1890, in the late 1800s. Uh, so imagine the social problems we would face as a society if we did not maintain uh, so much social pressure to ensure that most members of the population had at least a basic high school education. Recall from our earlier chapter that individuals who don't complete high school earn on average incomes that are about 30% lower than those who complete high school. In fact, school has become a primary determinant of economic and social status in our society. Especially in a technological age, being able to navigate the types of labor markets, that's the available jobs that are out there, um, it, ha having a basic education uh, compared to a society where there are more physical labor jobs, okay, in an earlier in industrial era, uh, more labor-oriented jobs, uh, but in today's society, of course, more technological jobs. The emphasis on education is fostered uh, by parents, by the media, uh, by the schools themselves. And so if a kid grows up in a household where the parents are college graduates, the child uh, or children are more likely to go on to graduate college themselves. Some schools do a better job at preparing and encouraging their students to go on to college, while other schools are more or less known as dropout factories. In addition to education, the socialization experiences are also important, given that students spend most of their waking hours in school. Uh, schools represent pr pretty much a primary source of peer interaction. Children spend most of their time uh, both in and after school with school-related friends. And as they age, they increasingly rely on those friends, those social networks, more than they do adult role models in their life, especially their parents, right? And so just sort of a natural progression of things. And so the school provides that for uh, school-aged children. We talk about differences in education performance. Females tend to do better in school than males, outperforming males in both reading and math. Uh, among racial differences, uh, economic disadvantages disproportionately affect African-American and Hispanic youth. They are three times more likely to live in poverty than whites uh, and Asian children, uh, and this affects school performance. Black and Hispanic students trail behind white and Asian students in both reading and math comprehension. And so about one-third, 33% of children whose mothers have less than a high school education suffer from educational deficiencies themselves. Uh, compared to only 8% of children who have mothers who have college degrees. 
<clears throat> when it comes to discipline, uh, students with learning disabilities are much more likely to be disciplined, uh, setting them out of uh, uh, the what they call the school to prison pipeline. Minority students are also much more likely to be disciplined for school infractions than white students when committing comparable offenses. And so we have to think about that and uh, uh, important issue to consider. This has been linked to other problems, uh, including an increased likelihood of dropping out and of school failure. When we talk about dropping out when students leave prior to completing a required program, that is a serious problem. Today, less than 20% actually drop out uh, which is an improvement over uh, the previous decades. However, significant differences exist again among uh, races with Hispanic youth having the highest dropout rate at 28%. Again, the textbook refers to dropout factories as schools in which graduation rates uh, are 40% or less. Many of these so-called dropout factories are in inner city neighborhoods beset by social disorganization, and concentrated disadvantage. These areas have disproportionately high numbers of minority students. And so those aspects are interrelated. When students drop out, their lifetime earnings uh, and income is about $630,000 less than those who go on to earn a high school diploma. In high school student uh, dropouts tend to cost the economy about $240,000 over their lifetime in terms of lower tax contributions, higher reliance on government aid, and in some cases, criminal offending. And so, uh, again, important facts and figures to think about from our text. Among incarcerated felons, only about 40% of incarcerated felons completed high school, whereas about 80% of the general population has completed high school. The school fail, uh, failure uh, delinquency link, well, there are several potential pathways that connect school failure to delinquency. First, the belief that delinquency causes school failure. Disruptive youth who lack self-control, i.e. the general theory of crime, uh, uh, that's their suggestion, are aggressive and antisocial and therefore don't perform well. Second aspect here is there is a belief that school failure is the direct cause of delinquent behavior. That is, school failure comes first, then the delinquent behavior. Children who fail uh, uh, feel frustrated. They feel rejected, i.e. strain. So we talk about strain theory. They believe they'll never achieve success, so why try, i.e. labeling theory, self-labeling. Uh, the third option here when we talk about the school failure delinquency link is the belief that school failure leads to emotional psychological problems that are the actual cause of antisocial behavior. Finally, there is a belief that school failure and delinquent behavior share common causes. Both personal and or social problems manifest themselves in such a way that they both lead to school failure and delinquency. So just some different ways people look at that link between school failure and delinquency. We talk about the correlates of school failure, personal problems. Kids with personal problems uh, bring them to school. These range from personal psychological issues and learning disorders to family problems. So psychological, biosocial, general theory of crime all support 
this uh, consideration of personal problems. Social class. So lower class youth don't perform as well. Uh, and this may be in part due to uh, reinforcement of middle class expectations in most schools. And so uh, this is sometimes referred to as quote unquote the middle class measuring rod whereby disadvantaged youth are poorly equipped to perform in an environment that's dominated by a middle class sense of value. And so this sort of uh, corresponds with what we would call cultural deviance theory. Uh, the next option here as far as uh, things the book talks about is tracking. So schools are more subtle about this than they have been in the past, but schools basically sort of decide at a very early point in a K through 12 experience what a student's career trajectory includes. And tracking or uh, dividing students into groups according to their ability and their achievement level then reinforces teachers' perceptions of the student's trajectory and the viable career options that exist for them. And so um, some are steered towards uh, high college tracks, whereas others are guided into vocational occupations, right? Voc occupation, vocational career tracks. So think about uh, labeling, how labeling theory applies to this and consider how the educational institutions, formal labels shape career and life course undiagnosed, untreated, poorly managed, and even individual level biases of teachers can create processes of uh, inclusion, like teacher's pets, or exclusion, okay? The bad kids, all right? Uh, having a teacher tell you uh, that your future probably involves being a garbage man or something like that, right? Uh, uh, you're gonna wind up dead or in prison. Uh, that sort of statement coming from a recognized authority figure like a teacher can be devastating. Alienation, so students who report they neither like school nor care about their teacher's opinions are more likely to exhibit delinquent behaviors. So this process of detachment from society's valued ends sometimes referred to in the context of alienation. Uh, the gap between their education and the real world lead students to feel that the school experience is a waste of time and they're failing to connect. And so think about how this uh, relates to and is consistent with social bond theory, uh, which address uh, the need for to build positive relationships with pro-social others in order to develop strong bonds towards pro-social institutional arrangements. Uh, school itself, moving on here, just some of the facts from the, from the text. School can be a dangerous place among students age 12 to 18. There are about 1.4 million non-fatal victimizations at school each year. This includes nearly half a million thefts, 454,900, and nearly a million violent victimizations, 966,000 violent victimizations. These statistics have improved over the past 20 years uh, with all major categories of victimization being cut in half. Uh, and even more in some cases. Think about what COVID has done for this. And so while uh, there's a lot of problems with COVID, it creates other issues and concerns, areas of concerns for uh, uh, juvenile victimization, juvenile offending. Um, what does COVID and a lot of the students uh, staying home have to do with uh, the dangers they face at school? Bullying is another serious issue that's gotten more attention in recent years. 
However, the more recent data demonstrates about 21% uh, of students still report being bullied at school, and that's about 5 million students. Additionally, about 1.7 million say they have been cyberbullied, so uh, taking on electronic forms of bullying through social media and so forth. We think about school shootings. School shootings are more frequent than some people think, though the media attention in the past decade has made us more aware of the situation. About 5% of students in ninth grade uh, through 12th grade report bringing a weapon to school on a, quote, regular basis, about 5%. These numbers are monitored by the Youth Risk Behavior Surveillance Survey. Uh, and the main issue of school shootings is the fact that people do not pay attention to potential threats. Research by the U.S. Secret Service, and if you didn't know, they do more uh, than just guard the president. This is one area that they uh, um, keep up with. It demonstrates that one student uh, told more than 20 friends beforehand his plan. Shooters themselves have a wide variety of backgrounds, but they are disproportionately male. Uh, most frequently motivated by revenge, anger, negative affective states like strain. In most cases, there is a specific target, and then the suspect turns from that specific target toward random victims. And so when assessing the causes of school violence and crime, uh, we have to consider the individual level causes, such as psychological problems, etc., but we also need to consider social factors at both the community level and at the school level, since uh, the school environment is in many ways its own social microcosm. A school system's uh, ability to uh, get and keep students actively engaged, not only in the educational experience, but in extracurricular activities and the sense of community, a good, a good climate, within the school all help reduce drama. Uh, but many schools uh, have taken other approaches, zero tolerance policies, uh, number of school resource officers radically increased in our country since the 1990s. Using SROs, paying more attention to uh, limiting the access to school has helped mitigate some of the risks, uh, but the nature of the school environment has to find a balance between creating a safe space in creating a good learning environment. That is, the kids can't just constantly feel like they're all on lockdown. And so in areas of higher risk, some schools have additional measures, metal detectors, uh, security cameras, uh, requirements for clear backpacks, these sort of things. And so all again, attempting to mitigate some of those risks. Students' rights at school, the book briefly talks about and addresses some of the students' rights at school. Uh, which I don't care to address too much as uh, these get more into the complexities of legal issues uh, and uh, this is not a legal class and so uh, hopefully you'll cover those in more detail in some of your criminal law classes. So I'm just sort of touch on them here but don't really go into detail. As always of course if you have questions feel free to email them to me. This is just a summary from the text so I encourage you to make sure you actually read the text material before uh, attempting the module. I also encourage you to fill out that uh, chapter worksheet. Help uh, build yourself a study guide where uh, you're able to write down and help remember some of these facts that are covered in the material.